great events create great brands, and it takes a village to put on an event that engages, excites, and connects audiences to your brand. And we're that village. I'm Alyssa. I'm Paulina. And I'm Rachel. And you're listening to Great Events, the podcast for all people interested in events and marketing. Hi, everyone. What's going on in the wide, wide world of events? I'm Paulina, and you're tuning into the Great Events podcast. Happy Gemini season, everyone, from the resident Gemini of the podcast. Uh, Today, I'm without my lovely co-hosts, Alyssa and Rachel, but I am joined by two amazing rock stars. And before I introduce them, I kind of wanted to tee up what we're going to be chatting about today. So, In a previous episode, we spoke about the monumental excitement around the return for in-person events and big events at that. So I started thinking about it and, you know, not everyone is essentially back to in-person events. Maybe their programs aren't there. Maybe the budgets haven't returned. And so I started thinking, well, let's find a topic that is relevant to those who are still having really successful virtual programs or perhaps evolving into that in-person hybrid format. So what better way to do it than talk about a recent successful virtual turned hybrid event the Seaven Travel Summit. And so for those who are unfamiliar with this program, the event took place on May 24th, just a couple weeks ago. And it was really designed to bring together travel buyers, transient suppliers, and give them an opportunity to learn, network, and discuss strategies really during an unprecedented year for travel. So drum roll, please. I'd like to welcome my two esteemed colleagues who were hugely responsible for the success of this event, Kelly Kopeck and Lauren Allison. Hi, friends. Hey, Paulina. Hi, Paulina. Great to have you both. I'd love for you two to kind of just introduce yourselves to our listeners and, you know, share what your role was um, as it related to producing this event travel summit. Kelly, let's start with you. I am on the product marketing team. I'm responsible for overseeing all of the marketing efforts for our exchange solutions. And what our exchange solutions are, are our technology that connects meeting planners and travel managers to hotels and venues to execute their travel and meetings programs. So when we're talking specifically about this event, the Cvent Travel Summit, we're talking about the technology that helps travel managers manage their preferred hotel pro- programs. We have a whole product line called Cvent Travel that helps travel managers do this. And I worked super closely with Lauren when we put on this event last year for the first time. And then again this year for our second year event. And it was a really great relationship between product marketing and our meetings and events team. So it was really great to have that relationship from last year to continue to build on for this year in creating this event. Now, Lauren, introduce yourself and what else did you contribute to the Travel Summit? Like Kelly said, we work hand in hand, but I am not on the product marketing team at Cvent. I'm actually on the meetings and events team, specifically your host Paulina's team. So Kelly and I, you know, had this great relationship for the event, but I kind of stepped in with the project management of the event. So making sure that all of our the parties were together. We worked with event marketing. We worked with our sales teams. We worked with our database teams really worked with the core group to create the agenda for the program, produce some of the content, 
worked with a lot of our session owners with Kelly to make sure that everyone um, was aware of the timelines for the event, you know, worked with the creative team to develop all the assets that you need for an event. So really was just more of a focus on that project and event management side of the house. I think that's really helpful to give the audience some context in terms of what you each did to support and produce this, this really successful event. So, okay, let's get into it. Tell me what was really sort of the impetus or the rationale for hosting the Travel Summit in 2021? And then was it the same reasons for hosting it again in 22? Kelly, let's, let's start with you. For anyone listening or watching that doesn't really know Cvent, we're very much an event management and marketing technology company. And if you've heard any other podcast episodes or our customers, you probably know about our marquee event, Cvent Connect. Um, that is an event very much catered to event planner, event planners, marketers, and hotels on like all things events. So we very much are focused on events. In 2016, a little history lesson, Seven entered into the travel space. We acquired a company called Lanyon. And Lanyon um, has solutions to help, you know, travel managers effectively manage their travel programs. And Lanyon became Seven. So then Seven became a travel technology provider. But we really didn't have anything that engaged the travel persona and the travel space, especially when it came to an event like a CVN connected in the event space. So the idea is that we would put on a virtual event because we're in 2021. Um, we're knowing that the industry is pretty down because of the pandemic. Not a lot of travel is happening. Hotels are short-staffed. And it's really a great time to host something virtually when virtual is in its prime to talk about travel, motivate our um, audience, and bring the travel industry together from the buyer and the supplier standpoint. So 2021 was really the time for Cvent to introduce this event. And we took that opportunity and we put on this one-day virtual event. So we wanted to really have this event be not just a user conference. We wanted to, like I said, bring the industry together from both sides and speak on trending topics. Last year, we focused on the recovery with the pandemic and optimizing your travel program um, to uh, adjust your strategy to kind of what the situation was. When this year, we are really focused on travel is back. We're seeing business travel return for a lot of companies and a lot of different industries. And travel programs may look a little bit differently. And we wanted to focus on what those differences are in travel programs. You are on a roll. I love it. I mean, it's really helpful to frame up for, you know, people listening in, you know, what the need was from a business perspective from Cvent's position, right? And then what was the industry asking for? And so, you know, it was really interesting to see how you guys married that together in 2021. Of course, 2022, I'd love to be able to say that the we saw a massive shift. And I think we did see a shift, but things are still a little bit slower to return, I think, for, for business travel, to your point. And so it's it's making sure that we're optimizing the right kind of content, the right type of experiences for these buyers and suppliers in that industry. And I think, you know, part of the large decision here was around making it virtual again, right? Like we were debating 
I think quite a bit on, is there an in-person component? Do we just host it virtual? Should it be a webinar? Like these are real conversations that people who are listening in, you know, traditional event planners, right? Event professionals, event marketers that are having those similar kind of conversations with their stakeholders. And I think throwing it to you a little bit, Lauren, you understood, you know, Kelly has the marketing base, the content, the customer story, the customer experience that she's ready to kind of create and give to to the attendees. But for you, you had to take all of those sort of priorities, the business objectives, the industry appetite, stakeholder decisions and opinions, and really navigate that event design experience. Talk us through a little bit of maybe not necessarily focusing on 2021, maybe give us like the high level review of 21 design and then talk us through what did you keep? What did you nix? What was new for the 22 event? So 2021, our attendance goal for this first time virtual event that Kelly and I created for this audience that we hadn't marketed to before was 1500. And we blew that registration goal out of the water and ended up with over 4,000 registrants for a first time event. So we saw that the event was in high demand. When we were looking at 2022 and kind of thinking about registration projection, I think something that a lot of the event planners listening have experienced is a little bit of virtual fatigue. So in 2021, virtual is the only way you can consume an event. This year, people are not as excited about sitting at a computer, but it is a necessity. Not everyone's ready to travel again. So we kind of kept that registration goal flat with what we hit last year with our goal of 4,000, which we ended up with over 4,000 again. So we did see that that was the right call to make. Celebratory dance for hitting that number again. (laughs) We were excited that we were able to hit that goal again. Um, But some of what we changed was just, we focused a lot on on the connection, even though it is a virtual event. So uh, using the Attendee Hub product of Cvent, we utilized the virtual discussions for what we called continue the conversation. Like Kelly said, we focused on how travel is back and all the different facets of the new travel experience sustainability, blending of business and leisure travel, diversity and travel, and all these kind of key topics that attendees could come and join a discussion and kind of continue what they had learned in their breakout sessions. We also had a interactive happy hour where you did a virtual escape room, which I've never done before, and it was pretty hard. So if that's how a virtual escape room is, I can't imagine an in-person escape room. And then we also made sure that we had a good mix of content. We wanted people to be engaged and not just feel like they were watching a six hour webinar. So for our general session, we had what we called industry travel talks, where it was 10 to 15 minutes from five C-level executives speaking on something that they were passionate about. And I think it was really helpful because you could kind of feel their energy through the computer screen. They weren't speaking on a talk track that we gave them. We let we curated the content with them and made sure that um, it was something that they would stand behind themselves. And then from the production standpoint, going live for Q&A, making sure we had speakers there for Q&A, having live breakout sessions, um, I think just shows that we do treat this like an in-person event. So there's still a lot that goes on, even though... Um, People think you're just recording it and hitting play. It is not like that at all. I can attest to the digestible um, sessions that were 
from the C-suite that were kind of call it passion topics. I think he was the CEO of Accor. He was touching on bringing sort of the arts back to the business travel stay and incorporating customized playlist opportunities and, and really, really interesting things that I feel like travel isn't just about necessity. It has so many layers of experience to it. And to hear what some of the suppliers are thinking about, venues, destinations are thinking about accommodating for future travel experiences, not just trips, is just a testament to all of the learnings and opportunity for reflection over the last few years, given the sort of hiatus or slow, uh, slow down in terms of business travel booking. One thing I would love to pick your brain on was one particular session that took place during the event that was kind of a, a competition of sorts. But before we get into it, I, I want to have Kelly give us like a debrief on how that session came to life. Yeah, this was probably my most favorite session or webinar like content that we ever put together from a cement marketing standpoint. Um, it was really fun and engaging. The topic, the purposeful RFP, you would think about a hotel RFP being a pretty like dry and not fun topic, but we wanted to find a way to make it fun. I can't take the credit for coming up with the idea of making it into a family feud game. It came from one of our sales reps, Laura Kearney, um, when we talk about this being a cross-department effort, like everyone comes to the table with ideas. She had um, Laura, one of her clients, participating in a session on the Purposeful RFP. And together, Laura and her client, went. they wanted to make it more fun. So we thought, why don't we do this game of travel feud, we called it, where we have buyers, travel buyers versus suppliers. And we ask questions as if it's like a real family feud game show relating to travel and the RFP. Some of them were fun than others. So we had like a mix of legit questions on some of the what was the top destination sourced um, for travel programs last year? And something as silly as, you know, if you're stranded in a foreign country, what is the top phrase that you would want to, to know in that language? So we kind of just asked like silly questions. And we actually asked the buyers and suppliers all of these questions prior to the game show. So we populated their answers so we had actual stats for each of the answers. Um, I had to work with the Seven creative team to create a Seven Travel logo and um, make it look as real as possible. We had an awesome game show host who you know threw in a lot of jokes and really engaged the audience. So all in all, it made a dry topic a lot more fun and engaging. We had a lot of chat interaction and we did a lot of pre-event marketing around um, this session to get both buyers and suppliers coming for, you know, the fun atmosphere that this session provided. So I think it was a really good playbook for sessions in the future, especially when it comes to travel and just making, making our topics more engaging. Absolutely love it. I mean, we're always looking for ways to reinvent and enhance content consumption and a game show format for a particular, just like you said, a particularly dry topic is just the right way to breathe new life into it. I mean, going from one cool factor to the next cool factor about this event, I really want to talk about, because I think this is like 
the guts of, of what we're talking about today. It's really the opportunity for event professionals to be agile as they approach their planning across the board, right? Whether you're putting on a small meeting, an executive board meeting, or a conference, really, I think the rule of thumb for all of us is to be agile. And I think what's most interesting about the Travel Summit growing and evolving on on sort of a two-year perspective is the fact that this was always designed to be a virtual event. We had every intention, every priority really designed to showcase a digital experience. And I think, Lauren, I'd love for you to share with the listeners about how this event morphed from being an exclusive virtual event to basically an asynchronous hybrid experience. In December, when we were setting up registration to launch, there were talks about kind of could we have some in-person or hybrid components to this event? What would it look like? Was there even an appetite? So one of the easy ways to figure out if there is an appetite is to make one of your registration questions. Would you be interested in attending an in-person component of this event? And that really gave us data to kind of drive our decisions. So registration launched in January. Kelly and I were pulling red reports weekly, looking at the information that was coming in. Is there a subset of the population in major cities that would want to get together? And it kind of slowed for a little bit, you know, in the winter months, but picked back up again in March um, as we were coming into April. So about a month before the event, we're pulling the data and it looks like, yes, there is an appetite for this in-person component. Uh, like Kelly said, it's it's a global event. So we looked at the markets that really wanted to get together. And the two cities that really stood out were New York and London. Well, London, you can't have a reception after a virtual event because that would be at midnight. So we ended up having a pre-event reception for our audience in London and then a day of reception for our audience in, in New York. And we wanted to make it not just a cocktail hour, but something that they would want to come to 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 network with other attendees and get some, some learnings out of the event. So I mentioned earlier that continue the conversations in our virtual discussions. Well, we had an in-person continue the conversation that then moved into a reception. So it was really nice to be able to see that there was this appetite to meet in person. You know, it was small groups, about 30 in each city, um, but got had some really good feedback about what, what each attendee enjoyed. And it kind of will give Kelly and I things to look at as we're scoping the future of the event. Love that. I think so much of what we've learned across the board is solicit information from your prospective registrants or from your attendees. Like they're going to be the ones that can help guide you with some of these critical decisions as you look at your future roadmap and, and start to kind of populate the different event mixes that you think will fit the bill. And, and I think it's amazing that you guys leveraged just one reg question to help kind of inform a, a pretty critical piece of, of an event. And, and honestly, sourcing an event four weeks out in these major metropolitan areas is, is no small feat. So to be able to have a valuable networking experience for those, I will, I'm happy to share under budget, I have to give a shout out. I was actually on my honeymoon for two of those four weeks. And so Kirsten on my team really took over the sourcing. So she really uh, helped Kelly and I out because when we got the green light, it was crunch time. 
that's so much of what we're operating with, right? Agility, flexibility, teamwork, cross-collaboration, not just within marketing, but with sales stakeholders, executives, vendors, and partners. I mean, it's it's the whole gamut. Even for what was designed as a virtual event, you're still liaising with some of those amazing traditional partners. And I think we shouldn't lose sight of that. All right. We are getting close to time, but I'd love to just leave our listeners with one sort of big takeaway from each of you, putting you on the spot, Kelly, if you don't mind going first. Mine refers to several aspects of this event specifically, but quality over quantity. One of the learnings from 2021 to 2022 is we over-indexed on content. We over-indexed on several elements of the virtual experience. It's a better experience when it's streamlined. We scaled back on some of the breakout sessions and really had one virtual aspect experience going on at a time. So there weren't conflicting areas to send our audience too. And I think we really benefited from that this year. Also, we're we're so obsessed with reaching our goals. And while I think goals are great when it comes to attendance, it's not necessarily reaching that goal that is going to prove the ROI or get you that ROI that you need. Um, My takeaway from 2021 was not everyone was talking about our registration number or our attendance number. Everyone was talking about um, some of those uh, major deals that, you know, we closed after the event because these once prospects learned about SIVA travel when they came to the travel summit. So it's really uh, working with sales and optimizing your marketing plan to make sure you're inviting the right people to the event um, that can get you that ROI because uh, you want your audience to come and engage and be the right audience for that event to get that ROI. And if we're just focusing on max attendance, blowing that number out of the water, it might not get you that ROI because it's not the right people who are there. I think mine would be something Paulina touched on earlier, but being agile with these event formats, just because it was a virtual event last year, doesn't mean it has to stay a virtual event. I mean, we introduced this hybrid component and using our uh, our attendees, surveying them post-event to see what they're interested in for 2023 is giving Kelly and I a lot of data to look at and to kind of reformat and represent to our executive members what the future of this event could look like. And you know, we don't have crystal balls, so I can't tell you what it's going to look like right now in 2023, but I um, would assume that there is going to be continue to be more of that kind of hybrid element to this event because we had such a success with it this year. I love that. I think, you know, your two takeaways also work really nicely together. If you're surveying these really engaged and informed attendees to help sort of design and give you guys some context for future programming, then I think we're, we're all working together and doing something right here. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Great Events, a podcast by CVEN. If you want more resources on how to make your events great, go to community.cvent.com. That's community.cvent.com. Or if you've got a question for us, or just want to say hi, email us at greatevents at cvent.com.